Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, and the center of this week's Cowboys Falcons matchup. The one, the only, Tony Casillas. TC, congratulations on an 0 1 start for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> when you bring up the Atlanta Falcons, I always think about my, my uh, career there was so many years ago, but it was a doormat of the national football league and at the time it was nfc west so um certainly a different franchise but you know the cowboys i think everyone in the universe uh in the football universe picked up the cowboys to win on the road and i tell you what you know the rams did exactly what they needed to do and you know here we sat with the dallas cowboys being 0-1 and playing an atlanta falcons team who got beat by seattle last week uh you know, if they start off 0-2, things could go very, very array real quick. <laughs> well, so um, we're going to unpack the Rams loss and, and preview the Falcons game a bit. But before we start, uh, a hearty congratulations to the Dallas Stars headed to the Stanley Cup Finals. Tony, that happened on Monday night. Very exciting for the Dallas-Fort Worth community and Dallas Stars fans all over the world. Lots still in Minnesota, obviously. Um, but because this is who I am, I uh, this this was what I tweeted, but I, I'm going to let you kind of guess it if you didn't see the tweet. The Dallas Stars obviously in the Stanley Cup Finals here and now. It is the year 2020. Can you tell me the year that the Texas Rangers were last in the World Series, their equivalent of the Stanley Cup Finals? Uh, 07? Uh, it was 2011. 2011 oh, was that? All right, 2011. That, that was the loss to the Cardinals, uh, the bitter one. Well, they went to back-to-back World Series, so it in was 10 2010 and 11. and 2011. Yeah, and that was the Giants and the Cardinals, uh, a tough pill to swallow for Rangers fans. But my my point here is the last time they got to the the, the dance, you know what I mean, was, was 2011. I know they didn't didn't win, uh, but it was still, it was 2011, nine years ago, not that long in, in the world of sports, but certainly Rangers fans would say too long. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Can you tell me the last time they were in the NBA? Uh, 2012. It was 2011. So you're close. I mean, you're that, that neck of the woods. In a roundabout way. I yeah. Mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Dallas Stars here and now in 2020 made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. The Texas Rangers last in the World Series in 2011. The Dallas Mavericks last in the NBA Finals in 2011. That win over the Miami Heat. The last time that the Dallas Cowboys were in the Super Bowl, Tony. 1995. Yeah, it's been a long dry spell for the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going to, you, you know, this last time the Dallas Stars were in playing for the Stanley Cup final and actually won it. What year was that? I believe that was 99. Yeah. Great guess. Yeah. Yeah. I lived that. And I, I will, I will tell you this, RJ, I went, I had season tickets at the time and I was all in on hockey. 
Really? But oh, oh yeah, and you know, I grew up in an, in in Oklahoma where we didn't have hockey, but I mean, you just really it caught on really fast here. Yeah. And they moved the team from Minnesota, Norm Green, and uh, I believe Tom Hicks bought the team at the time. Um, so it, it's great to have a, a franchise actually in the Stanley Cup, and you know, I I, I think it's in this town especially where seemingly it's the fans are fickle. I mean, they, and, and we'll get into this, you know, the Cowboys start 0 and one and we're already having a lot of knee jerk reactions about the coach and, you know, question is call and analytics and everything. But the bottom line is that, you know, Dallas and, and especially the Cowboys, it's, it's win or, or bust. I mean, you have to do something fantastic. So I guess my point is it's good to have something this week to look forward to a team actually playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. And can I just be full full disclosure with you, brother? Sure. I have not really. I've watched a couple of games with the Dallas Stars, but I am all – I am full-blown bandwagon fan right now. Well – And it, I own up to it, brother. It is a, a very – obviously, it's been a very trying year, uh, but it is a very exciting sports moment that we're in. The NFL is back. Uh, we're about to be in the conference finals for the NBA – uh, hopefully the Nuggets can vanquish Kawhi Leonard. We'll see what happens in Game 7. Uh, we've got the Stanley Cup Finals right around the corner, obviously not fully set yet. The U.S. Open is this weekend, Tony. There, I know. There are a, lot, not en- a lot on the plate. There are not enough screens. You know I, what I mean? <laughs> it's just- I know. And, and, and the thing about it, and I think we talked about this, RJ, is when all these, you know, rescheduling the games and, the, you know, the major golf tournaments and the finals and everything. It's almost like we're overloaded with what to watch. Right. And I think football, because it is in the fall, people are football ready. Right. And it's although, normal. Yeah. And so it, it's it's almost like you know, my kids going to college and having to do online courses, and they're not really able to live the college life because they, they're social distance, which I question that because I saw a picture on campus. So I'm not even going to get into that. But my point is that you really don't get to enjoy it. But – yeah, you know, and then you look at the stars where they're playing in a bubble and really just I think you gotta embrace it, but I think it just kind of gets lost. Not that we're not excited about it. Sure. But there's so many things, there's too many flavors to pick from. Right. If that makes sense. No, and it's um it's not just that everything's happening at once. It's um not you know, to my point a minute ago. Right now, it's this is we know th- this time of year we associate in our in our brains. This is the NFL's time of year. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. the, it's like there's a, the NBA's on. You know, yeah. and ov- obviously there, you know, it is for the reasons that we all know. But it just it feels awkward. And so, and I was thinking about this. I, I truly believe that more people will choose the NFL over anything. It is kind of crazy that people would rather watch Week Two of the NFL season versus the Conference Finals, the Stanley Cup Finals. The U.S. Open, like, like, imagine choosing, you know, a, you know, like the thirteenth game of the Mavericks season over the NFC Championship game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's and, just and, crazy. And I know, I, I think you tweeted something out, maybe as far as the ratings, but you know, the comparison between a Sunday night, you know, especially the Cowboys, the Rams, and any any NFL game that has any really just uh, mega stars. The, how they would match up against the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Finals, even the U.S. Open. Well, mm-hmm. the U.S. Open have some the star power, but they, you know, if Tiger, for some reason, gets a you know gets lightning in a bottle because I think he's going to need that again. If he got into the weekend and then the, you know on the top of the leaderboard, 
I think that would be the only way they could really just compete with the national football uh, ratings because that's how people, I mean, that's how they, how much they love the game of football, especially in the fall when it's supposed to be played. I agree. And I do think um, I am, it's 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 escaping my mind what exactly the weekend is, but the weekend the week the Cowboys are on by, which I think is two weeks before Thanksgiving. That is the week of the Masters. Mm, yeah. That is that is also Alabama LSU, and I read that uh, CBS, excuse me, has adjusted their master schedule so that it can be done in time on Saturday for Alabama. L- that that will be one fine day. Um, but yeah, that's a huge SEC matchup too. <laughs> speaking of one fine day, Tony, um, what is is that? Was that the name of the Mariah Carey song with Boys to Men? One fine day, I think it was. You know, I think it was. Right. Uh, I read recently that that was the number one great song, song. By the way, oh, great song! That was the uh, the top of the Billboard charts the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, and people do not feel that that is possible <laughs> after Week One. You mentioned it. Uh, Mike McCarthy. That's a long time ago. (laughs) Mike McCarthy talked about last week how he is embracing the challenges and the expectations of being the Cowboys head coach. And that's the kind of stuff that that people, you know, love. The people eat up, right? Like, you know, we're here to win. You know, that's the standard, blah, blah, blah. And then they go out. And I want to tell you this, Tony. The last game that Mike McCarthy coached with the Green Bay Packers was a 20 to 17 loss to an NFC West team. That team was the Cardinals. The first game that Mike McCarthy coached with the Dallas Cowboys was a 20 to 17 loss to an NFC West team. Obviously the Rams. Um, are you disappointed? Are you bummed? Are you sad? Are 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 you lacking first of all, confidence? That's a, that's a that's a hell of a nugget right there. You just pulled out of the hat. Um, great work as always by the great RJ Ochoa. Um, you know what? Look, I I look at it this way, RJ. We we looked at the season last year with the Cowboys started with you know the three teams that they beat. I mean, they were just you know they started off with the uh, with the was it the Giants and then they played the Dolphins and last it, year was it was uh, Giants at Washington and then Miami in week three and then yeah and then and it so, fell apart yeah. Yeah, so we all thought, oh gosh, I mean, they're putting up all these great numbers, and but those teams weren't very respectable because we all saw what they did the rest of the year, and uh, this I mean, combinate their, their combined win loss record was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it'd be a difficult. I, I thought the Cowboys would win, just like a lot of other people did, but the narrative was exactly what happened. Um, and I thought, first of all and foremost, like everyone else, I thought the quality of the of the the product on the field was amazing. Oh, totally Not any preseason yeah. game. I mean, I, I it didn't look like those guys missed a beat. Um, hell with preseason. Uh, now I, I will say this: they haven't had that many snaps and that much contact. Totally, There'll be a lot of pe- a lot of guys in the hot tub this week because you got to get over that you know the, the hitting aspect of it, but. You know, they had some simulating that hitting in, in practice. But the point is, I, I, I thought I was very impressed with that. I did think that, you know, when when Blake Jarwin went down and when the, offense, their, the offensive tackle, they had to make changes there and start a rookie ultimately, I knew Aaron Donald would be a nuisance. I knew yeah. the guy would make a create, create havoc. And But I also thought the Cowboys offense really orchestrated as far as execution and play calling – you know, the first half looked really well. I mean, they came back, they scored, uh, you know, they, you know, they were able to score points, unanswered points in the first half. Uh, but, 
there's a lot of things you can point your finger at, but the thing about it is people didn't give enough credit to LA Rams defense and they created a lot of problems. They took advantage of what they need to take advantage of with isolation and matchups. And, you know, Jay, there was some questionable calls in that game as far as by the, the, the officials. Sure. Both ways. But all in all, it was, it, it was kind of what we saw last year, but I want to give a, a hall pass to Mike McCarthy because I think a lot of people made a point that, had no off season with the under new system, uh, you know, different players and I, everyone else had to deal with that. But I think if you look across the board, a lot of the teams that won this week and don't quote me on this, had some continuity in first year coach where the coaches have been there and they weren't first year coaches. So with that said, it didn't surprise me. I just, I was surprised at the defense. It did exactly what the Rams wanted to do. And then that was from a lot of play action and keep them on the field where you saw where they just got gas, and, and all of a sudden they were able to isolate that running game up up the gut, and they couldn't get off the field. Um, I believe the only team with a new head coach to win in week one was the Washington football team. Uh, yeah. Washington is the – what a comeback that was. Is the, Yeah, 17-point comeback. Yeah. And, and, I mean, as Cowboys fans, we were eating that up, right? I mean, it was awesome to see the Eagles collapse <laughs> and everything, um, and so that really is a shame. But I, I mean, and by the way, uh, we're now in week two. Washington is undefeated. They're one and zero, and uh, Dallas, <laughs> Philly, and, and New York yeah. um, lost all lost. But yeah. I mean, and so I think to that point as well. Um, not that it's the same thing as a new head coach, but the Buccaneers lost, right? And and that there's a lot of change there, right? You have a new mm-hmm. quarterback, and so you look at teams that that experienced a lot. You're right. I mean, like the the Saints were were the team that was really clicking. The Packers were really clicking. The Seahawks were really clicking. Those are teams with a lot of returning people, a lot of continuity, um, and and a lot of continuity among the most important decision makers, at least on offense. And so that certainly should be said. I think even the Titans looked solid on Monday Night Football because yeah. they have a lot of continuity there I know it was it was they barely kind of squeaked that win out but that was kind of Stephen Goskowski's fault I think Tony though that I speak for a lot of people I get your point uh and not that I fully disagree with it or anything about giving Mike McCarthy a hall pass because it's it's fair to say you didn't have this much time and and that is a totally different set of circumstances than you normally have but where I think a lot of people come down is Mike McCarthy talked a big game as far as um approach and as far as disposition and as far as attitude and those types of things weren't totally reflected some of them were the the fact that he went for it on fourth down was an analytically driven decision I have zero problem with that by the way we can get into that no problem with that whatsoever right I'm I'm totally good with the decision to go for it but defensively there was no aggression I mean defensively they looked incredibly conservative which was not what we were sort of led to believe this coaching staff would would provide we were led to believe that this coaching staff understood they were going to have to take chances. They were going to have to blitz. If you look at Jared Goff's passing chart from Next Gen Stats, I mean, it's all dump offs. I mean, he just lived in in the screen game, and and some of that is because the Cowboys don't have the horses to go to bat with that. But some of that is is that they didn't do anything to attack there. I want to tell you, Tony, these are the Cowboys' starting points for all of their drives, and, and this is in order. So from the beginning to the end of the game, their own twenty five yard line, their own twenty yard line, their own twenty five yard line, their own twenty seven yard line, their own thirty two yard line, their own twenty five yard line, the Los Angeles thirty nine yard line. That was after the Cheeto interception. Their own thirty five yard line, their own twelve yard line, their own nine yard line. Their second best starting field position throughout the entire game 
was their own 35-yard line. So the second-best situation demanded that they go 65 yards. That's You're, you're not going to win that way. You know, even if you have the best offense in the NFL, which people thought the Cowboys could have, it, that's just that was the problem last year. You, that's what turnovers do. They flip the field. And even then, the one turnover the Cowboys got, they had to settle for a field goal. And and those are the those are the things, those are the differences that I thought I think that people thought Mike McCarthy would would make up. And that's why they're disappointed this week. Yeah, I, I fell in that same really um, last year funk and just thinking that the Cowboys looked similar now than they did as compared you know, as opposed to the last year, similar to last year. And you know, the thing I was wanting to really focus on is I want to see something differently. And I think when you play a team like Sean McVay, who all he does is play action bootlegs. And because Jared Goff, I mean, think about some guy, an offensive coordinator takes advantage of his, his uh, quarterback's weaknesses. And that's Jared Goff is not going to sit back in a pocket because he's not a mobile dude. No, okay? and he, he's a first read guy. After his first read, he's not. Yeah. And, and they got into this uh, this rhythm, which was just extraordinary. And that's the rhythmic type of team that they get in. And that's when it's very difficult. And I always look at the point, you know, it's the first game of the season. You really don't know what you're going to get. You know, know what you're going to see. Uh, guys react differently. You know, right away they had to adjust to injuries. You know, Leighton Vanderesh sure. is out for, you know, what, six weeks or six to eight six, weeks is the six to eight weeks, something like that. Um and so all of a sudden you have to make changes. But, you know, I, I, I thought I, – I agree. I think there was a certain point where they weren't – you know, they were very uh, – Stale. Stale and, and just, uh, you know, just really wasn't taking any chances. Conservative on, on defense. And when they started to dial up the blitz, whenever they were able to get pressure on Jared Goff, get him out of that rhythm, uh, live and buy by the blitz anymore, you know, now – and really take advantage of that because it was almost the damage was done after the, you know, when you go have a 12 play drive and another 12 play drive and all of a sudden those damn legs get really heavy, especially your first game of the season where sure. you hadn't had any plyometric reps whatsoever when it's related to football. So right away you saw that And second half, they made some adjustments, adjustments. I think Alden Smith, I thought he played exceptionally well for a guy that hadn't been played, hadn't played in five years. But then you saw them be able to. They get the they get the takeaway and really just kind of breeze and reignited them. But here's the thing about it: when the Rams were able to, and, and this kind of remind me of last year, and I'll give I'd like to get your take on this: when they needed to run the football, they were chipping away four or five yards here and there. And to me, you can't do that to a Rams team, especially when it's especially with against a Rams team, especially when a team was not known to run the football last year. And the Rams offensive line, to me, and they talked about the different technique. They're not zone blocking as much. They're more going tight shoulder on the defensive lineman. I mean, they did an ex- a pretty good job of neutralizing DeMarcus Ware. I meant Alden Smith. I meant, I saw where you gave kudos to uh, Tristan Hill. He, he had a little – some flash. But ultimately, that to me, that was the – you know, that was a narrative. that When they needed to stop the run and get off the field – they couldn't pull that trigger. 
So it is worth mentioning uh, in terms of, I mean, if you care about yards per carry, things like that, Malcolm Brown, 4.4 yards per carry. Cam Akers, only 2.8 yards per carry. Um, so if you look at the box score, it doesn't, and you shouldn't look at the box score, but it doesn't, it, it's not, you know, this overwhelming thing. I mean, Zeke averaged 4.4 yards per carry, you know, to that point. But you're right. It, it was the chipping. It was, it was truly death by a thousand paper cuts. You know what I mean? And, and it wasn't necessarily, to me, it wasn't just the run game. It was the screen game. It was, it was everything, everything that happens behind the line of scrimmage the rams beat the cowboys with third and, down conversion also yeah. too yeah. i mean so i you're right i think you mentioned alden smith and I, I'm, I'm getting to your point i think alden smith had the best game of any cowboys at least defender you could certainly say that zeke had a great game i thought Dak still looked really good but alden smith had the best game of any defensive player i thought that trayvon diggs played really well i know he got beat but i think he just got beat because sometimes sometimes quarterbacks make great throws and that's what yeah got and that, that was a hell of a throw <laughs> right um i thought tristan hill played really well and mm-hmm. certainly, you know, especially when you factor in what people expect of him. But I, even regardless of that, I thought Tristan Hill played really well. But I think the reason the Cowboys sort of were unable to stop the Rams or stop the bleeding, however you want to put it, was because they did lose Leighton Vanderish, and that is a huge bummer and a huge, you know, red flag that they have to look for a replacement there, either in the draft next year or free agency. That's a long ways away. But and and a lot of people are piling on him, and I really don't want to. I, so I, I'm I want to be careful because a lot of Cowboys fans do this in such a negative way, and, and he's turned into a meme in that way. But but speaking purely off off of how he played against the Los Angeles Rams, Jalen Smith really 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 weighed down the Cowboys, and really was a huge reason why they were unable to get any stops defensively. He looked slow. He took horrible angles. He over pursued. I mean, he was. I saw Pro Football Focus gave him the second worst grade of any linebacker across the NFL in Week One. He he truly played like that. I think when I watch him, it seems to me he plays out of control. Like he gets so amped up and, and and he just, you know, he misjudges angles and gaps and those type of things. It's almost like he's got all this energy and he's trying to make a big play. And look, I think that that's an issue when you're, when you're starting linebacker, Leighton Van, Van Der Esch is out. I mean, we don't know Sean Lee. I mean, we don't know the fate of his future and, and I'm not even going to get into that. I think every Cowboy fan understands his history and now you look at Leighton Vanderish. Well, he had the neck problem. Was out most of the last year. Um, I mean, I guess he needs to sit down and really think about how banged up he's gotten in what is three years in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Um, this is his third year. I mean, so it's yeah, not even three full years. Start, yeah, and start weighing. You know, is it is my body made for the, the NFL? Um, but to your point, I, I think that that's. It's so hard when you play the Rams, and I think again that's why I wanted to try to give him more of a you know, more leeway. Um, but defensively, I mean, they have, you know, they're going misdirection, they're going one way, and they have crossing rats going the opposite way. So it's a lot of cars to look at. You know, it's on this freeway going all these directions. Looks like Spaghetti Junction. And all of a sudden, you have to make a decision, okay? And and I, I think you really have to – someone like Jared Goff, which, I mean, I mean, he looked – I mean, he was sharp. I mean, in that offense – and you have to really do something to diffuse the issue to stop the momentum. And I thought Mike Nolan, I mean, this is his first game as a defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. I thought there was a point where he waited too long. Uh, I mean, it was a close game. Cowboys, without a doubt, could have won that game. Hadn't there been the Jalen Ramsey, the I thought was a bad call. Could have gone both ways, but should have been a no call. I mean, the Cowboys could either won the game or at least kicked a field goal. 
and got another possession, hopefully to, you know, the Rams would have got another possession. We, we could have seen maybe been a different story, sure. but um, other than that, I mean, there's a lot of things you, you can, you know, you can point your finger at, but I mean, it was a game the Cowboys could have won, but they just got outplayed in categories. He beat the Cowboys. So, I mean, and maybe I, maybe this comes across as bitter, but I truly don't believe that Jared Goff is, is that great. I mean, I think he's, he's serviceable. I think, I think he can take you to a Super Bowl as, as he obviously did. If, if, you know, you surround him and, and you coach him the right way. And that's why Sean McVay is so awesome. Well, but, okay. I, I got to disagree with you that. I, I, I mean, I, he is not, so you're, you're saying he's a systematic quarterback. I don't right? see like people take that and that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, I, I mean, the, he made some damn good throws. And he, he, he did. He did. Yeah, and, it, and that's he's certainly talented. All I'm saying is he is serviceable. Less, I, I when I hear that that word, RJ, it just means to me it's just some, you know, some guy, serviceable. I don't mean, I mean it the that dude, way. The, he's the, the, he's the not dude, Jimmy Garoppolo, but but he's less of the reason well, he's why not, he's not that handsome. I know that, but <laughs> he's 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 less of the reason why his team wins than, than other quarterbacks are. That's all. That's that's all I'm saying. You know, and and he he benefits more from his head coach than a lot of other people, and that's fine. I mean, you know, however you got to win, you win. And again, okay, he, okay, he did but it. last year, yeah, and and look, I'm not trying to defend. You know, I I I want to give some credit to the Rams, and I, I and and look, I'm not trying to be all Rams, but my point is, is that Jared Goff, when you watch that football game, I mean, that's their offense. That's yeah. that's their the that's the system in which he's in, and there's a lot totally. of quarterbacks like that. Totally, you can say and- that about Lamar Jackson. Look at him at the Baltimore Ravens. The guy can scramble and move. Is he a serviceable quarterback? I if I he can't run. I agree completely that I mean you know he's he's doing what he's asked of him and and you know you can't penalize him for that and I agree it's just it's less sexy than than other what other quarterbacks do and but again if if you're winning who cares I totally agree with you but my point here you well know, just is- to the point too and then I'm not, but think about think about this RJ and I saw some point someone made a good point I mean they got to remember that Dak Prescott is a, is a mobile quarterback sure. And they, you know, the 13-yard conversion he made on third down was huge. Yep. And, you know, and that was up the gut. So, I mean, you can look and, and, and watch. Everyone will be saying, okay, when the Cowboys, you know, when, when, when Dak's getting sacked, oh, well, he's a mobile quarterback. Let's do more like play action bootlegs. Well, look at Jared Goff and Sean McVay's offense. I see. I think the Cowboys should use play action, even if Dak is not mobile. I think you know, but I mean, look, that's a whole different thing. Okay, well, my, I'm, I'm, I can disagree to agree on that. Okay, I, my, I'll give you that. We'll that'll, we'll save that for another episode. Sure. My point with Jared Goff <laughs> is more about Jalen Smith than anything, because yeah. I don't I don't think the Cowboys did anything to challenge what the and that's the frustrating part because everybody knows the Rams game, right? Like everybody knows what Jared Goff is capable of and, and how the Rams like to play and the Cowboys did nothing and I did want to read this uh, Michael Gelkin from the Dallas Morning News does a, a newsletter twice a week and I found this note very important and again I don't want to pile on Jalen but but I, I this is notable uh, again it's from Michael Gelkin's newsletter from the Dallas Morning News many people close to the Cowboys believe the previous regime enabled Smith to some degree not demanding enough accountability of him. This was a point of contention between some coaches on Garrett's staff. These comments from McCarthy, he's talking about Mike McCarthy saying that Jalen played well uh, when McCarthy met with the media on Monday, plus the fact he made Smith one of the team's three captains in week one. Quarterback Dak Prescott and long snapper LP Ladister were the others. Together are not a great look. 
and that that's that's the the largest point of concern for me and, and you know because we can talk about Jared Goff and how good he is and and maybe he beat the Cowboys because of it whatever but what I'm the most concerned about is that Mike McCarthy is not the guy he hyped himself up to be. Remember, you know, and and again, maybe that's an overreaction, but remember in his press conference, Mike McCarthy, when they introduced him as the Cowboys head coach and somebody asked him about, you know, well, you said you watched every game last year, whatever, and he was like, oh, well, you know, I I really didn't. You know, I just said that to get the job. And everybody kind of had this nervous laughter. It was like, wait a minute, dude, that was kind of a big reason why you got the job. And so I hope he was kidding. Maybe he wasn't right. But that, that, that's that's because he said I he didn't even watch any football last year. Right. And that that's the thing. Like, you know, like, it, again, we can we can we can dissect Jared Goff. We could talk about the Ram right. players, whatever. But and they're a good football team and he's a good quarterback. Sean is a good coach, whatever. But there are these tiny little pieces. And again, it's an extremely small sample size, but tiny little pieces that kind of suggest that maybe the Cowboys got hoodwinked in thinking they they got this head coach that experienced this awakening in terms of an analytical revolution. Um, you know, to the point about Jalen Smith, I, I you know last year defensively, I I mean that side of the ball, I mean they were really bad, and I think he was one of the culprits of that. And you know, Jalen, his role is more of getting the play, the play call, and maybe have a leader like Leighton or Sean Lee on the field, and maybe he feeds off that. But I, I have think Jalen wants to be a leader so bad, though. Like that's well, and and he, he plays like that sometimes, and and I mean, well, he plays like he he he's a leader, and you got to say, dude, look at the scoreboard. You know, last year he get excited about making a tackle in the fourth quarter, and they're getting their asses beat by fourteen points. But that's just you know, that's another story, but. So without me having a really, I would say, credible judgment on Jalen Smith, sure. I mean, there's there's different components of it. Totally. Defensive line-wise, as lot far of as was defensive line, know, was, totally. was, was the defensive line, were they were they playing clean? Were they playing their gaps? Were they keeping them, you know, keeping the linebackers free? I, hey, look, I know in that offense, which is so, playing an offense like the Rams, it is difficult. I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on – Someone that's really overly aggressive like Jalen Smith, because the first thing you want to do, you see ball, run the ball. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that ball is not there because, as again, as we saw during the broadcast in the game, play action, every play looks the same. And when you're sitting there studying that, your mind is programmed to react, thinking they're going to run the ball. Oh, well, uh, uh-oh, it's a bootleg. Play action past the other side. So it's hard to really, really play – sound and disciplined football when you have a team like that is so aggressive and executing. And then once they start throwing the, throwing the ball, I mean, it's very difficult because then all of a sudden you forget about the, uh, about the running game. I agree. So there's a lot of pressure on it. No, but I, you know, look, I, Jalen Smith, you know, I, I he has got to be a product of his of supporting cast. Sure. And that's to me, that's the type of player is, which most linebackers have to have guys up front and they got to have other uh, you know, a supporting cast when it comes to experienced guys. And, you know, right now I think that – and last year, and if you want to look at the first game, uh, didn't have uh, that surrounding him. I I truly did not, you know, mean to turn this into the, the bag on Jalen thing because, again, the fact that – Sure you did. The fact that – Sure you did, RJ. The fact that Jalen <laughs> is even playing fo- professional football is an incredible miracle, and he deserves all of the credit in the world for that. Um, but – I, I've just and been, I thought the def- besides Jalen Smith, I didn't think our defensive backs played well. I mean, I think that they, you know, 
and it's hard. The ball is coming out quick, and that's another thing. Sure. You know, he gets 2.0 seconds and the ball's out. Okay. I, and you're and, and, and you're not going to get to the quarterback. But then you have to like attack the edges and attack the football. And and to your to your point, which I, I don't agree with, you said Jared Goff is, you know, he's a product of systematic quarterback. <laughs> he threw some dimes, man. He does. I he, mean, he, he, threw, he threw the ball where the defender couldn't get to. But I just thought that. Now when they got the target takeaway, I'm like, okay, I, my bold prediction was two turnovers. I'm like, here I got one left, you know, in this game. Um but I mean the aggressiveness and, and the thing with the pass rush too is you got to be comp, comp, you got to play complementary football and when the ball's coming out that fast and you're you want you want your defensive backs to really just be like Velcro unless the quarterback's you know putting it there putting it on target I mean it, it it's going to be difficult to really defend it. I agree with all that. And I agree that Jared Goff, when he had to, made the throws. And maybe Jared Goff will win MVP this year. You can rub it in my face. It'll be awesome. My last, last, last Let's point. not turn it into me defending Jared Goff. I'm just <laughs> making a point. That, no, for sure. That Sean McVay is, yeah, he's a good offensive coordinator. But Jared Goff, um, no, he's not, two years I mean, ago, he's not he bad. took his team to the Super Bowl. Totally. Uh, my last point on Jalen Smith, and I, I, I've stressed this because I think it's important. And and we'll see because well it's you're gonna get it's, tore up on Twitter, man. It's, it's always interesting to see how the Cowboys respond to a loss, um, and how they deal with adversity, etc. I've been thinking about lately. I read this great article in the Athletic that was this incredible profile of Jalen. I talked about it on the Ocho already on our network, um, and, and talked about how he and his team have recognized that you know it, it looked like he was more focused on his brand last year, etc. Whatever. I keep thinking no, about. No. I keep thinking about last year after he signed his contract extension with the Cowboys, he held his press conference. Everybody remembers, and it was a great moment. But in that press conference, he had a line where he said, um, you know, I'm a leader, you know, and, and he was, you know, and I have no problem with that. And he said, eventually, I'm going to be a captain of the Dallas Cowboys. I have never heard a single player say something like that. Like, you know, say, oh, eventually I'm going to be a captain. You know, I've, I've never heard that vocalized maybe I, well, I, see i don't interpret it as being arrogant or I don't, I don't, i'm not saying that either i'm just saying i've never heard that and i found that really interesting and that's when when i think of of jalen and how he's perceived by people i think of that and, and you talked about how he's over aggressive i think he's over aggressive in a lot of ways and i think that 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 leads to a lot of good right but i i think that that that's what people are, are dealing with with him because what I tweeted when Mike McCarthy said, I thought Jalen Smith played well. And you mentioned Twitter. I mean, Twitter just drags Jalen. If you go back and look, and the athletic article mentioned this last year, you know, you know how guys are like, they'll tweet like, vote for me to be in the Pro Bowl, whatever. Last fall, last winter, Jalen's tweeting, hey, vote for me to be in the Pro Bowl while the Cowboys are playing like crap. And dude, I mean, tw Twitter is just roasting him. And and so he he's just a unique player in a unique circumstance, and I'm I'm interested to see how that story plays out um, over the rest of the season. But I do want to briefly touch on a different Jalen. You mentioned that the call could have gone either way, in your opinion. I said on Twitter myself, and I got roasted. I thought I, that's OPI to me, and I realize I'm in the minority here, and I realize you're listening and you're a pissed-off Cowboys fan, and Jalen Ramsey had something to say about this on Instagram as well. I like the the trolling that Jalen Ramsey does just as a sports fan. I think that's funny, but I, I've seen that called OPI many times, and I know it's not in other times, and I guarantee you, Tony, from now through the rest of the season – Anytime an OPI play is not called, people are going to be like, well, Michael Gallup was called and, and this player is not being called, whatever. 
I, I don't have a huge issue with that, honestly. You know, had we had the the challengeable pass interference rule this year, I think that that would have been offensive pass interference. I mean, it could have gone both ways. Yeah. And 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 I'm more. I I the, the Cowboys got away with the with the roughing the passer on, on all. And Smith, that yeah. was. I mean, that was the definition of roughing the passer when Alden Smith hit J- Jared Goff and in, in the the head. Uh, that was blatant. So you get away with that one. Um, but I, I, it was a huge play. I, I think that's always the narrative, man. That is always the problem. A play like that, if you're a Cowboys fan, ah, oh, no way, that wasn't offensive pass interference, and and it was. There was separation in between two defenders. I mean, the margin of error on that throw is not. Oh, not it was far. A, like like whether it was a penalty or not. That aside, that was an incredible throw by that. Yeah, but the, as far as the defender, also the spacing. I mean, we're talking what eight inches. Yeah, and it, just if he gets his you know, his hand extended. And I always thought it's like holding for an offensive offensive lineman. If they see your hands extended, nine nine, nine times out of ten, they're gonna call it unless you, your hands are inside. Right. But you know, I thought it, it was it was tough to swallow because it's such a huge play. Totally. It got negated by a penalty like that. And I, I guess in, in the, the you know on top of that it was freaking Jalen Ramsey, you know. And but I mean he played well. I mean he made a huge play on Amari Cooper. Yeah. Knocked the ball loose. It looked like it could have been a turnover. It wasn't after his uh, big time contract too. Yeah, and 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 he showed up and 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 look. I think, but I mean, there's a lot of penalties. And then you the, the delay a game. I mean, the Sean McVay. Now here's my assessment, real quick, on the game. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get your your take on this. Watching. <laughs> Watching Mike McCarthy on the sideline. Did he ever move? Because he had his mask on him. Now that's a meme right there. I, I, I was like, I need to go up and nudge him to make sure he's breathing. And then you got Sean McVay, you know, running everywhere, young dude yeah. running up and down the sidelines. I mean, you're talking about polar opposites. <laughs> I mean, there was not much emotion for Mike McCarthy. It looked like he was he was cold, and it was like 75 degrees in L.A. It was um it was a weird visual. <laughs> and I I don't know if I'm the only person that felt this way. Um, but I, I felt it a little bit watching the game itself. But since then, you know, like when you watch, you know, whatever show you're watching, whatever highlights, and they're they're going from highlights here to highlights there, you know, they're going from NFL game to NFL game, and then they get to the Cowboys game, it seemed very gray. Um, like literally the color gray. And I know that obviously th- there was the concern about the air uh, yeah, in, in California, yeah, but, but really, to me, to really me in California. I, I think it was, and I'm not like an expert in this, but I think it was an optical illusion from the Rams uniforms. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the color of the Rams uniforms, like kind of distorted my vision. And obviously it wasn't an outdoor game. It just seemed like a, like, it seemed like if you adjusted the brightness setting on your TV, that's, that's what the game sort of literally looked like to me versus, uh, you know, a different game, like the Eagles-Washington game earlier in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, the colors are really shiny and just really kind of stuck out a little bit. And in that stadium, my gosh, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, they spent $5 billion on it, and it is a, it's an amazing uh, structure. And, and the fact that they can't play in it this year is just – it's really sad. Well, I'm um, I'm excited to see the Raiders' new stadium on Monday Night Football next week as well. I think, and that yeah. will that will look awesome at night. You know, and and the Pretty Raiders' sick, uniforms man. will pop. By the way, Jason Witten, Tony targeted one time, had one catch. I saw for that. two yards. Um, would he extend his extend his uh, 
what games were catch? Was it how many? Oh, yeah, it's like a, mil- a million in a row. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he got I, that one catch. <laughs> I want to say one last thing on not on Jalen Smith, but on Jalen Ramsey. Um, you mentioned it that he sold it. And I heard Yahoo's Charles Robinson make this point on on their podcast, the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast that he does with Therese Paler. And I agree with this point. And I know you listening, you're a pissed off Cowboys fan about the call, whatever. And I'm not saying I'm a huge soccer fan. I love soccer. I love the NBA. I'm not saying that I'm a fan of flopping at all, but that is in some small way a skill. And 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 you, you can call it a flop. You can call it acting. Everybody made the same joke, Tony. Oh, yeah, he's he's acting out in L.A. He can go be in a Hollywood movie, blah, blah. Yeah, that's low-hanging fruit. Anyway, but the, the, he's, whether, whether you believe he sold or not, if you believe that he was flopping, acting, whatever, his team partly won because of it. I'll, like, I would take that all day. If if Trayvon Diggs flopped like that and the Cowboys won, I would not be mad at all. And See, and- I don't know what the timing was on the official. I don't know if the official called it you know, right after that or it's because of the flopping. And, oh, by the way, soccer is, is the – is the, the oh, worst the offender of flopping. I mean, it's, it's soccer and then it's basketball, but soccer, I mean, my gosh. I mean, we've seen some of the flopping. I'm like, come on. But to the point about Jalen Ramsey, you know, I think when you're a good player like him and it, regardless of what you think about him, I mean, he's he's full of confidence. Again, I think it was, was a tremendous – it could have gone both ways, but I think it was definitely an offensive pass interference play. And, and look, I think when it comes down to a game – a play like that – Maybe we've learned from the New Orleans, you know, the uh, the Rams, mm-hmm. the New Orleans Rams NFC Championship game, correct? Yeah. Whenever they got the call. Uh, and that's when it started last year, having to review pass interference. And that, to me, that just was a joke. I mean, nothing got turned over. So that would have been a sorry. If the, if the Cowboys could have would have challenged, and I guarantee it, they would have had a 5% chance of winning that call of it being pass interference. Because I don't I, think it would have been um, reversible. I really I, don't. I agree. So the focus shifts, Tony, to the Atlanta Falcons, who the Cowboys will play week two. They'll play at noon as opposed to on Sunday Night Football. Um, and we'll obviously, you know, have a lot more takes and a lot more opinions on this game on the Blog and the Voice podcast network throughout the week as we get closer to that game. Um, but but a brief preview. Uh, you mentioned that the Falcons lost the, the, the Falcons are the Cowboys week two opponent and they lost to the Cowboys week three opponent in the Seattle Seahawks and the Seahawks. I did power rankings on Tuesday at Blog and the Voice The Seahawks to me look like the best team in the NFC, but that's yeah. a whole, that's a whole different conversation. If you disagree, uh, sounds like you don't. But so, I mean, Cowboys have their work cut out for them in week three. Uh, So say you want to pencil that in as a loss. I would have a hard time disagreeing with that. That means that the Cowboys have to win this game against the Atlanta Falcons to potentially avoid going 0-3 on the season. I caramba, Tony. All of a sudden, the the heat got hot and, you know – uh, the poop's going to hit the fan and everything's really bad. And and this is a Falcons team that scored points last week. I mean, they scored 28 points. Everybody's going to talk about have a billion first rounders on their offense. But I mean, I, I don't think the Cowboys can take the Falcons lightly at all. This, I, I don't want to call it a trap game. That's not the right term for this, but this is, this is hardly a walk in the park win for the Cowboys. No. And, and I think when you get a team like the Falcons who have the weapon to Julio Jones and I mean, they, they have tremendous playmaking ability on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Matt Ryan, he is a, a guy that can put up some numbers, although hasn't has kind of regressed in the last two couple of years. And and maybe that's just because of just you know uh, 
you know, some of the, the, the things that have happened on their offensive side, injuries. Um, but, I mean, defensively, I mean, when I look at all, their offense versus the, de- or the Cowboys defense, there's uh, going to be some really good matchups. And it's not going to – it's a different type of offense. So, I think the Cowboys defense match up better. It's not that Sean McVay, but although I'm sure that there will be some wrinkles there. But Matt Ryan is not that type of quarterback. He's your prototype quarterback will sit back in the pocket. So, I think the Cowboys will have some chances to tee off and – you know, that's also the thing that I got tired of talking about. You know, yeah, they have all these pass rushers, but, you know, if you're an offense, are you going to try to sit back and let them tee off on you? They're going to try to minimize that with different plays and get the ball out quick, screens and draws and all those things. But That's what the Rams did. They yeah, they, they and, completely and, took the pass rush out of the equation. Absolutely, and that's, that's what offenses and defensive coordinators do. I mean, that's what they get paid the big money for. To, to neutralize that, to find something, you know, some, to attack their their strength and that become their weakness, okay? So, yeah, I think, again, here we are at 0-1, and that's the beauty about starting off 1-0, you know, is that next game is not quite as important. I mean, it's important. It's a long season, but you can't afford to get all of a sudden, as you mentioned, you lose Atlanta, and then all of a sudden you're looking at 0-2, and then you go out and play Seattle, Um because I think that they'll be better this week. I think a, a new coach together, uh, you know, defensively maybe, I mean, they're going to have to make some changes. But certainly when you lose key players, in which they did, I mean, Mar- you know, Blake Jarwin, which to me I think would, would have had a tremendous game. Uh, you lose your starting linebacker. Guys have been, uh, you know, dinged up. Yeah, already without Lyle Collins. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's some things. But, I mean, it happens to the best of teams in the National Football League. But – you know, here we go again, you know, we, it, it seems, and I think this is what the Cowboy fans are upset about, RJ. You know, they get us all, we we go and we're going to have this great dinner at this, this high-class restaurant, and we go in there, and instead of a five-star, it's a three-star. Yeah. And the Cowboy fans want that five-star. So, Mike McCarthy is going to win a lot of football games. I got faith in him, and I got faith that they'll beat the the Falcons this weekend at home. Well, I can promise you that throughout the broadcast between the Cowboys and the Falcons, because they're both 0-1, you're going to hear all over how hard it is to start 0-2 and make the playoffs. That is that is a, a trope that comes back every year. The first team in NFL history, as everybody knows, to start off 0-2 and win the Super Bowl was, of course, the 1993 Dallas Cowboys. Well done. Um, you guys kicked ass in that regard. Yeah, um, well, you know, that's when men were men. We're bad <laughs> back then. But uh, no one wants to look at 0-2 and, and then all of a sudden you have – it. I hate to use it. I mean, you, you go on the road and you're playing Seattle. I mean, I want to look ahead, but I tell you what, man, you thinking about, you know, the, the worst-case scenario, RJ, Cowboys start 0-3. If the Cowboys start – Oh, that that dude in New York, the New York Giants offensive coordinator. All of a sudden, he although they're zero one, he's on, you know he's going to have his last lap. But that's not going to happen. Cowboys are going to done this weekend. Okay, so you predict the Cowboys to beat the Falcons. Um, we'll you know we'll certainly have have some more fun and predictions throughout the rest of the week. Before we get out of here, Tony, give me a prediction for who wins the U.S. Open. I'm going with the the hot hand. Oh no, I'm DJ. gonna say I'll, I'll go. Oh, man, I was gonna go first, so I didn't take it. Okay, me. go ahead. No, I was I gonna mean, take DJ, can... but you already did it. You already did it. I wanted uh, to be on the record uh, first. God, I love the Spaniard, John Rom. Oh, I think that's a, if you had to pick I like two. JT. Yeah. Um, I think it may be someone we haven't heard about. You know, I mean, we that most golf fans don't know about that don't watch golf. 
I mean, there's a lot of young guys that, but I mean, they're playing at what wing foot. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out for Abraham answer. That's all yeah. I'll say. Watch out for Abraham answer. Um, so, um, okay. So well, is that who you got? Are you going, are we, my, my, I mean, like if I had to, you know, if I had to put some, some green on it, I'd, I'd go Dustin Johnson because that's the, that's where the smart money's at. But Abraham answer has been playing a lot of great golf lately. He's knocking on the door right when the season first came back. I, I think he's, he's due. This is obviously a big time tournament. Uh, but I also, you know, you mentioned John Rahm, I'll throw Rory out there, you know, cause Rory's, Rory's been hot yeah. lately too. Uh, and I could see that happening. So either Rory's way. good for Friday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then sometimes he just, I don't know, he just, something happens. I mean, the guy's the most talented dude that can't, consistently win with high expectations but i'm just it's just weird because here we were talking about the us open i'm so used to it being on father's day weekend totally and you'll appreciate this once you become a father and you'll i mean it's a weekend where you don't you, you got a hall pass yeah like what are you doing father i'm my ass is not moving off the couch so don't <laughs> even ask me to move <laughs> well uh last weekend was football while i watched my wife she did all this work upstairs in our house and and uh, I felt guilty because, man, I was like nailed to the sofa. You know how he's like, hey, honey, do you, you need help? And then you're like, unconstantly, you're like, hope she says no. And she said, why? You don't mean that. And I said, man, I, you're you're right. You've been married to me for 23 <laughs> years. I just want to make sure that you told me you didn't need anything. Well, um, I think we'll all have a great weekend of sports. Hopefully, they're all great. great. Hopefully, the Cowboys win. Go Stars! Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, I forgot. I forgot. Dallas, I mean, there's, there's so much Dallas. happening. Let's, uh, let's have some fun. Everybody, have a great week. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. This was the 750.